God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. So said 19th century English poet Robert Browning in his poem, Pippa's Song. The sentiment is fine as it is, but on this Sunday after Ascension, I want to tweak it to say that Christ is on his throne. All is right with the world. Yes, the world is still marred by ugly sin. Really ugly sin. But Christ has not only conquered on the cross, he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God and to rule and to stand at the altar for us as our high priest. Of course, the next emphasis in this story is the giving of the helper that Christ promised from our gospel lesson today. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. We celebrate that event, of course, on Whit Sunday or Pentecost next week. And from that time forward, we Christians at our baptism have been, as St. Peter put it, received the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are made, as St. Paul puts it, new creatures. We are born again, as Jesus puts it to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. With the power of God himself in us, we are truly transformed. How transformed we become depends upon our response to that same Holy Spirit. If we say, no, thank you, I've got things to do and places to be. If we want to choose our way rather than God's, then it might be a longer process to be transformed. The transformed life we're called to might be, we think, just beyond our reach, usually just beyond our comfort zone. Part of that transformed life is Jesus' next words in the gospel. After he says, the spirit of truth will testify of me, you also, he says, speaking to the apostles, will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. It is reminiscent of the very beginning of the books of the Acts of the Apostles. Jesus tells his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We too are included in the group that hears that command from Jesus, for the gospel is still going out into all the earth. And the original ones who heard the command have departed, haven't they? But not before they passed on the power and authority to fulfill Christ's command. That power and authority has come down through the ages by the bishops of the church, and they appoint priests and deacons to serve the church and to minister to her people, that all the members of the church might be fruitful in witnessing of Christ to their neighbors and their community, and helping to bring others into the church to worship God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.
Our epistle lesson today helps us to see how this transformed life is to be a witness of Christ and to help to grow the kingdom. And above all things, says St. Peter, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Self-sacrificing for others will witness to the character of Christ. Have love for your brothers and sisters in the church. Have self-sacrificial motivation and action for your brothers and sisters in the church. It's harder to hear it that way, isn't it? Put yourself last and put your brothers and sisters before you. Have love for those outside the church. For this is a great witness of God's love to the world. St. Leo the Great notes that nothing is stronger against the wiles of the devil than the kindness, mercy, and generosity of love through which every sin is either avoided or conquered. And not just in your own life, but your love for others can help to conquer the sin of others as they see your love as ministry of Jesus, as it opens their eyes to the gospel, as they then fall on their knees, confess their own sin. So you see, love is a great weapon against the devil and for the gospel and the kingdom. St. <clears throat> Peter notes a very basic way of showing love. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. This is, much, excuse me, this is such a fantastic way of growing the kingdom, of growing the church. <clears throat> We have so many examples of hospitality in the Holy Scriptures. It is a wonderful way of showing love. St. John Chrysostom says, If you receive your neighbor as though he were Christ, you will not complain or feel embarrassed, but rather you will rejoice in your service. But if you do not receive him as if he were Christ you will not receive Christ either. Because he said, whoever receives you, receives me. If you do not show hospitality in this way, you will have no reward. Abraham received passers-by and travelers just as they were. He did not leave them to his servants. On the contrary, he ordered his wife to bring flour, even though he had domestic help. But he and his wife wanted to earn the blessing, not only of hospitality, but of service also. Our church tradition, Anglicanism, has historically had laid great stress upon hospitality as part of mission. And it has used hospitality as a vital means of bringing others into the church. Celtic Christianity did just that all the time, over and over again. One writer notes, guests would be included at the abbot's table at meals. If the abbot was in a period of fasting, he would break the fast, for the abbot has no higher priority than ministry to guests. 
our author also answers the question, what, excuse me, what would a visitor from Rome have noticed about Celtic Christianity that was different in the early church? He says the visitor would have observed more of a movement, perhaps, than an institution, with small provisional buildings of wood and mud, a movement featuring laity in ministry more than clergy. This movement, compared to the Roman wing of the one church, was more imaginative and less cerebral, closer to nature and its creatures, and emphasized the imminence and the providence of the triune God more than his transcendence. Particularly useful to our present situation in our culture today is this statement. Eastern monasticism organized to protest and escape from the materialism of the Roman world and the corruption of the church. The Celtic monasteries organized to penetrate the pagan world and to extend the church. Back to St. Peter. He continues in our epistle lesson, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. Again, we live this transformed life in the power of the Holy Ghost, who has been gifted to us and supplies us the power and ability to minister and serve those around us. Ultimately, the end of all of this transformed living is that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. On the way to that end, however, may we bring others who need the grace of God to live this transformed life with us, as did Patrick and Aidan and Columba and Boniface, and oh, the list just keeps going on and on in our tradition. We have a great history and tradition of mission. Let's do our part here in our part of the kingdom. Remember Christ is on his throne all is right with the world. Do not fear. Do not be overly reserved or shy. Love others and offer hospitality in that love and trust in the power of the Spirit of the one who sits on the throne. Amen.